Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Technology for the Generations. Today, we are going to talk about mental health and how mental health is affected by technology. As you know, my name is Jay Lefkowitz, Professor Jay Lefkowitz, and uh, my special guest today is Dr. David Lefkowitz. And as we have a generational show here, David Lefkowitz is my son. Hello, everybody. And we're going to have a discussion today about how technology affects our daily lives and particularly how it can affect mental health. So I'm going to turn to our guest, Dr. Lefkowitz, and ask him to give us a few examples of how technology might be affecting particularly our children. David? You know, that's a good question there. Thank you. Technology is actually a very interesting thing. Like anything, there could be good and bad in something. And many times, if technology is abused, it can lead to a lot of problems. A lot of teenagers today, if they're not monitored, many times might not use it for appropriate purposes. People might inappropriately try to lure teenagers into doing things that are inappropriate. Um, you have to be very careful with what they can see online. Uh, they can get into conversations with people they think are their friends. They could be 20 years older than them, luring them, uh, kidnapping them. You have to be very careful with the computer. It also can be used as a tool. It could be used something to help teach us something. It's another way of learning. There are different ways people learn. Some people are very visual, and sometimes showing them the example can help improve their skills in learning something as well. But it's always a balance. You want to make sure it doesn't overtake them. You don't want it to become like a passive television set that all they're doing all day is watching the computer, and there's no engagement interaction and no learning experience from it. A lot of times, computers can end up being used just as another uh, television to watch, and there's no, not necessarily any growth in that as well. That sounds very interesting and to the point. Could you talk about, how about games? I know that these days, young people seem to be spending an awful lot of time on all kinds of games. Some of them seem extremely violent. Um, perhaps you can address some of that. Games and gaming in general is not necessarily mostly positive. I would say there are many more negatives than positive. Yes, it can improve dexterity. It can improve certain hand-eye coordination. But in general, it's just the way that they get sucked in towards the system. They're constantly going back and forth. There's a perseverating. There's like excitement. They're stimulating themselves over and over again. Um, it does not show long-term benefits by playing it for long periods of time. And when children under five or six play for a certain amount of hours in a day, you see actually a lot of negative consequences. A good rule of thumb is to look at the age of the person. And in a day, you definitely do not want them spending that many hours in the day, even in a week on the computer. If a five or six-year-old is on a computer more than five or six hours a week, it's really too much for them. You have to usually gauge it much better. Computers in general, I don't find a lot of things for young children are being used in a positive way unless it's monitored appropriately. So you say there is a difference between educational games and the typical fun type games that the kids are playing today. 
Yeah, most children, when they're doing something educational, they're not spending endless hours on it. The typical violent games where you see someone decapitated, if your child is very young watching these things and exposed, you might desensitize them to this behavior. We're not seeing long-term benefits. If anything, I'm seeing much more of the opposite. Understood. And what are some of the things parents can do to help avoid some of these pitfalls? I mean, how you say monitor them, but how can they monitor them? How, how do you know what it, your child is doing on the computer? Usually I find a good thing is to put it in the family room so people can watch or periodically check on them, see what they're doing, see their history of what they're up to also, see what type things they do, and randomly check on them to see what they're doing. Even when you do this, they might be actually just passively taking in information. Um, at best, that's nonsensical. At worst, it could be damaging. But at least you try to limit the behavior. Don't let them on it constantly. And when they're watching it, see what they're watching and even ask them questions about it, interact with them. Don't just let them passively take it all in. Many times you'll see a lot of the stuff is really not beneficial, not educational, and you wanna limit that usage as such. Fine. And can you give advice to, well, let me ask you this. If we're dealing, what, what, which, which is the most dangerous age group that we're dealing with when we're talking about young people and, and uh, computer technology? It's a very good question. I don't know if there's one particular age group that it's the most damaging. Children under seven usually are very impressionable, but they're not as inclined to get involved so much with it. Most of the time you could be on top of them. Seven to 11 year olds I find are the most vulnerable towards this population. If you end up getting them on information that an 18 year old would normally watch, they really are not uh, going to know how to monitor and navigate the computer word well. So I would keep an eye on your seven to 11 year old. Yes, the preteen and teen, of course, but at least there's a little bit more of coping skills and knowing how to handle it a little bit better. Navigating the computer world may be better than we know as our generation as we're older. People in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s and beyond probably don't know as much as the preteen or teenager. So you definitely have to be careful there as well. But I think the seven to 11 year old are most vulnerable towards predators. Okay, moving away from games, there's a very serious concern that there are certain, there are many inappropriate areas on the internet, you know, on technology today, where sure. people really have access to uh, very objectionable material, sure. very, very divided. I don't want to be more specific than that, but I think we all understand what I'm trying to say. Sure. Uh, first question I have, can that material be detrimental to someone, to an impressionable young person's health? And in addition to that, is there anything we can do to make sure that that's being carefully monitored and protected against? The seven to 11 year old definitely is very vulnerable to this type of objectionable adult type material or interaction with adults um, that could be inappropriate, luring them to inappropriate places. Um, you have to be very careful with this population. There are filters available for the computer. There are also ways of monitoring your children on the computer. There are certain ways of checking what sites they've been to to make sure they're not lured into more malicious type of or inappropriate behavior for children as well. So yes, it can be a very dangerous world, the web, but it also can be a wonderful world, the web too. There could be fascinating things as long as it's done in a monitoring 
an appropriate way that can help them grow as people. But I find many times the opposite does occur, especially in homes that you see are neglectful in general. It might transfer over to the computer as well. The computer opens up more opportunities for children to get lured in, meeting someone and rendezvousing in a certain place or objectionable adult type material as well, they can have easy access to. So definitely monitoring the behavior. You can check a history of where they've been as well and limiting their usage. They should not be on it endlessly all day long. We've had some children, if they have Sunday off, have shown they've been on eight plus hours in a day, and that definitely is quite problematic. Understood. Since you brought up the idea of uh, filtering and checking history, and that's more from the technology end, I think I would like to deal with that myself just for a moment. And I think it's very important, it's incumbent upon parents to be able to check the and track uh, where and which websites their children have been accessing. And uh, they should be aware of the fact that it's really a very easy thing to do. You can check history and you can actually go in and, and it's very simple, but it's something you have to learn. Somebody has to teach you how to do this. Uh, you can even go on the internet and they'll, they'll show you. If not, though, you're welcome to contact us. And we'll be happy to give you those instructions, that information. But it's a very, very important tool for parents to have to be able to go and just quickly bring down the history and take a look at the various websites their children are attending. And frankly, if they're not sure what the website's all about, to actually go visit the website and just see exactly what their children are dealing with and, what, and what's available at that time. That's one thing they should be aware of. The other thing they should be aware of, and again, Dr. Lefkowitz mentioned it, there are filtering programs. There are programs that are available and applications that you can install on your computer that will actually limit where the child is able to visit which websites and for how long and all that kind of thing. It gives parents much more parental control. But even Windows itself uh, and, and the, uh, you know, the Apple operating system, both of them offer you the opportunity to set things up with parental controls. And that's something you should be aware of and learn how to use because you cannot give your children free reign as you've been hearing. It's really a very dangerous situation. Okay. So now let's take it another step further. And let's say we now have a situation where we have a child who is really hooked on playing or abusing the computer. And uh, the parent is now aware of the problem. What should they do to solve the problem? Okay, usually what I tell parents to do in this predicament, it's also a very good question, um, is sit with the child and play with them a game or two on the computer. But show a time limit and limit it. Even now, some computer programs come with a thing that it will turn itself off at a, to a certain point. So that's also a recommended option. But the time limit has to be kept, and there should even be a five-minute warning given before it happens. They need to know this. Some children do get kind of explosive about it and get temperamental, but there has to be those limits placed on them because it can be an endless, even if you want to use the term addiction, I know different psychologists have different feelings about calling that in this category, but there is actually, I believe there is a component of an addictive nature to it. If a child is on a computer, endless hours playing what we might consider gaming or different things along those lines. Um, a lot of children we also find long-term show signs of depression, social isolation, and there is an interactive component. Children who are not good socially or have challenges, I should say, socially, 
who have trouble interacting or are prone to depression might be more inclined to go onto these programs. And children on these programs are more likely to get depressed and lead to more social, social isolation. So there's definitely each thing has an effect on the other. Um, and it is problematic. So you are actually exacerbating the problem or increasing the cycle of or spiraling this troubling behavior. So you definitely wanted to monitor the behavior, interact with them, and limit the amount of time that they have the opportunity to do gaming type of uh, uh, situations. And if a child is clearly addicted, we'll use that word, uh, to, to whatever game or... or computer activity they're dealing with. Do you have any suggestions how that addiction can be handled, can be dealt with, can be broken? Hmm. Addiction is a hard thing, broken. Some children, people even think, have an addictive personality towards these things. You might want to space out the amount of time. You can tell them, okay, you can go on the computer for 20 minutes, but then for the next two hours, we have a certain schedule we're going to do, homework, maybe we'll play ball, uh, have supper, whatever it might be, and then allow another 20 minutes if those two hours are spent that way. And that could be the limit for the day. Sometimes I find that juggling could be helpful. These children, it's not so simple. There's not one fast solution. Every one of my patients that deal with these type of things, every person I know, tells me it's a big challenge. It's not something that could be dealt with overnight. There are different things we have to custom tailor it for that person. But definitely, the idea of monitoring, limiting the amount of time, and even making different activities happen between uh, usages. Very good. Now let's go to adults. Okay, we're talking about real adults who are working, married, whatever, family-oriented adults, who, um, again, can get addicted to the use of the computer. Mm -hmm. um, what should they watch out for? What, what are the telltale signs that an adult should realize about themselves that they are, in fact, becoming addicted to the computer? It's a very good question. The computer is a fine line because some people work in the field of computers, so they're always taking the computer with them. And even if they're not, everyone has to check their email constantly. So there are definitely different tell-cell signs that do it if they stop doing other activity because they're on the computer, if they're not going out and doing things with other people, if technology really overtakes their life, if hours go by endlessly that they're on the computer, this is definitely problematic. You want to make sure there is some socialization, interaction with people. Um, if everything becomes very computer-oriented for that person, and they cut themselves off socially from people, um, that is problematic. You, even having at least one technology-free day a week is very useful, and therefore not using the computer at all, checking email, nothing. For one day, a holiday of it at all is useful for not going on the computer. It could be beneficial for him or her to develop more of their social skills. I want to explore this concept of, of socialization using the computer. Uh, some people contend that children and adults who normally would have serious social problems, problems of adjusting socially or interacting with other people socially, when they're on the computer, they become much more comfortable to interact with other people. Uh, is that a positive? Is that a negative? Uh, how, how would you evaluate that whole thing? It's a good question. I think it's a positive and a negative. It's a positive that they're learning social skills and they could learn different cues to relate to other people. 
but it's also a big negative because it's not something they could transfer and use in a real life social situation. And they're not really interacting with someone. They're almost like virtual friends. A lot of them perceive these people as someone they have a relationship with, but there's no real connection. And a lot of these children who only interact solely by the computer and don't have an interaction otherwise is troubling. Can there be benefits socially to it? Yes, there are certain social skills, pro-social behavior can be taught through computers, through some educational television as well. But in general, it's not necessarily, we're not seeing long-term benefits by this being their primary way of socialization. Okay. Yeah, to, to finish this up, to conclude, I just have to throw something at you and I want to hear your impression. I know I'm not a young man. I've been around the block many times. Um, way back when, when just TV was just beginning television, we heard the same kind of song and dance. Oh, television is going to destroy the child's social activities and behavior. But the reality is, certainly for my generation, we were raised sitting in front of television sets. And now, of course, the computer is, is what's taken over. And you hear the same kind of song and dance. Now, I'm concerned. I'm wondering if, in fact, there's some reality to that. And, and how is it different from the generation that was raised by sitting in front of a TV set to this generation that's sitting in front of a computer screen. Good point. Um, there's still that same passivity that goes on. Children that watch, they show 40 plus hours of television a week. They do see long-term socialization issues. If you watch more than 40 hours a week, there is that problem. I think the same problem exists with the computer. If you're on the computer as a child, 40 hours or more a week, you will see a very strong detrimental effect on the child. So in both cases, that's the case. Yes, I don't think all of a sudden having a television is going to destroy a person's life or a computer. But the types of things that are on today, even compared to your generation, that's on television is probably grossly inappropriate for children. And the stuff they're willing to air today doesn't even have a moral message the message today is more about the cheap laugh. Um, there's more of a grittiness to it. Certain programs are really not appropriate for children, which is why they do put a rating in the corner, because a lot of programs today are not pro-social behavior. Children 7 to 11 who watch this, they are very vulnerable to this. They are the ones the most vulnerable. When they're younger, we keep an eye on them. And when they're older, there's some degree of knowledge of understanding what's appropriate and what isn't. But this age, they are the most easily succumbed to this problem. Excellent. So your bottom line is, it's not just quantity, but it's also quality. Absolutely. You have to be very careful, particularly with our children, when it comes to technology of any sort, to make sure that we monitor carefully the quality of what they're watching and, and interacting with, and the quantity, both. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having and me. And I think we all got the message. This is a very important message for today, and uh, it's highly appreciated. Thank you, Dr. Lefkowitz. Thank you very much.